Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No. He's Eddie Garrison here on The Fan today. want to welcome in Luke Easterling from Athlon Sports. We've got a lot of football to discuss. First, though, I want to talk about fairs, Luke. Randomly, uh, we heard a commercial for the, the Indiana State Fair coming up and began a whole discussion of us. I have um, elephant ears at the top of my State Fair food list. My guy, Eddie Garrison, he's going with deep-fried Oreos. Is there anything that you would put at the top of your state fair food list? I mean, you guys, you guys took to, you know a few of the top prospects off the board already, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like dark horse would be funnel cake. I'm a bit, I, I would enjoy a good funnel cake. Got to have a little powdered sugar, maybe a little uh, little chocolate drizzle or something, maybe. But uh, I mean, deep fried anything is, is a good bet. Um, I don't know. Depending on the fair, if you got if you got a nice, uh, a legit turkey leg, I might go turkey leg. Depending on the fair, but uh, but funnel cake, funnel cake will podium for me. Man, you kind of read my mind there because I've had deep fried turkey, not at the fair, but you could have it at the fair. It's tremendous. Now, what is the? Because I'm not schooled on this. Is there a big difference between funnel cake and an elephant ear? Are they sort of cousins, or is there a big difference? I mean, I, I, it might be a regional thing too, because like when I think of elephant ears, they're more, it's like a flat pastry. Like there's not yeah. like air in between them as opposed to funnel cake. It's kind of like a maze where you got like a, a tube of, of pastry basically that just kind of weaves around. So I'm sure, I'm sure there's uh, some sort of, uh, you know, fair food aficionado that would be laughing at us right now for, for, uh, for not knowing the, uh, the differences. But uh, at the end of the day, it's all delicious. But, like, give me all of it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, now that you're describing it, I don't know that I've had funnel cake before. I'm well-versed in elephant ears, but not nearly as much in funnel cake right there. i got to hit the books on that one. Um, covering the NFL, we are just talking about this Jordan Addison situation going 140. And the latest detail is he was racing home to get to his dog. I, I don't know. It, it could be legit. It could be made up. Which way are you leaning on this? Do you have a gut feeling that this is true or not? Uh, no, because I'm not there. You know, I, at the end of the day, obviously, you, you, you're, you're glad and hopeful that everyone stayed safe, right? You're just glad that this didn't turn out as it could have turned out. It could have been a lot worse than it was. Obviously, if his, if it was about his dog, I, I, you're hopeful that that's okay. That the dog's okay. Like nobody wants that to be a bad thing either. So, um, I don't know, man. I, 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 in high school, I was in somebody else's car that was going that fast, and it's just not a fun place to be uh, yeah. if you value your life. So, it, you know, it's. I'm just glad every nobody really got hurt. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's a, a, a valuable learning opportunity for uh, for Mr. Addison. Hopefully his dog is all right. And hopefully uh, next time he won't need to uh, double the speed limit in order to, uh, to take care of him. I hate when the truth sometimes sounds like an excuse. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Yeah, if you're like the dog literally ate my homework, you're like, but no one's going to believe it. <laughs> so that could be yeah. the story here with Jordan Addison. Take me back to the time where your buddy was going that fast. How did that go down? 
I mean, it was, it's a long story, but it's, you know, just that one friend that you should have known better uh, than to get in the car with him. Uh, and his parents probably should have known better than to let him drive the BMW also. So, um, yeah, it didn't, uh, it ended with a stern talking to from uh, one of Tampa's finest. And uh, wow. thankfully, you know, again, nobody got hurt. But uh, that was the last time I found myself in that car, that's for sure. So, do you remember the conversation? Was it the standard, do you know how fast you were going? Was that the conversation at all? No, no. It was very loud, very stern, uh, mm. and very threatening because we were obviously three uh, idiot teenagers in a car that was clearly uh, you know, somebody's parents' car, and it was, uh, it was the, the, the fear of whatever deity of your choice was definitely put into us. Uh, by that uh, by that officer when we finally uh, came to a safe stop. <laughs> He's Luke Easterling from Athlon Sports. How about this? The Jacksonville Jaguars over at BetMGM, they have the most money, almost 40% of the money on them to have the most wins this season in the NFL. Now, you know how it works. Some people get seduced by a potential payout. It would pay 16 to 1. But if you're going to put down money on Jacksonville, you at least think there's somewhat of a shot that they could have the most wins. I don't see it happening at all. I think they're completely overhyped heading into the season. Where do you stand on the Jags in 23? Yeah, I'm definitely uh, <laughs> I'm definitely on the overhyped train. Probably not to that degree. I wouldn't put them in the uh, going to have more regular season wins than the Chiefs category. And again, Bengals, the Bills, you're going to have plenty of AFC teams to have something to say about it, but um, but I love the Jags this year. I'm not going to lie. I, I think they should be runaway favorites in the AFC South. I'm not really encouraged by, at least not this year. I think that uh, there's some some potential elsewhere in the division, but I, I just see the Jags as, as a, a year or two ahead of all of the rest of those teams. And, and you know, again, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who's, who's primed to truly break out. I think we saw a great season from him last year, but I think he's truly primed to break out this year. You've got a, a, a. Is there a more drastic coaching change that we've seen in recent years than going from the train wreck that was Urban Meyer to again a guy who's won a Super Bowl, an adult in the room, a guy in Doug Peterson who who brought exactly what that team was lacking uh, into the locker room and into the coaching staff. I mean that was huge, but I mean this team is just there's so much young talent that that is just on the on the verge. It feels like there's so many positions, so much talent, and again when you have the number one overall pick a, a few years in a row. That's the hope, right, is that you can hit on those guys enough times. And, and, and again, when you've got a, a decent amount of cap space, as they've had the last couple of years, and totally spend that wisely to fill your biggest needs, continue to draft just talent, talent, talent. And this is hopefully the, the benefit to that. Again, coaching has a, long, has a big part of it. So hopefully that all the things seem to be pointing towards this, this huge jump for the Jags. And you really saw at the end of last year, the way they finished the season, stealing the division at the end, you know, the way they made that comeback against the Chargers in the playoffs and really stood toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road in the second round of the playoffs. That game was, was in doubt for most of the game. And, and Lawrence, again, went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. All of that is so encouraging. Again, I don't know that I'd put them over the, the, the length of the season. I think they still, you know, aren't as experienced as some of those other teams. Again, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. Um, but, man, the, the – the, that team is just ripe in terms of the young talent, the coaching that's there, the experience. That all of that combined with a very winnable division, uh, I just I, I think they've got a shot if they can get get through and get to the dance, and they could make some noise if they get into the playoffs. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. He's Luke Easterling from Athlon Sports here on The Fan. You know, if you think about the chances the Colts this year could be like the Jags last year. Initially, it sounds outlandish, but you remind yourself the Jags were just 3-14 and 14 and they got to mm-hmm. nine wins. You think about the Colts, they're at least a step ahead where they were 4-12-1. You don't have Anthony Richardson in his second year like you did with Trevor Lawrence last season. So if you think about the chances the Colts in 2023 could be like the Jags of 2022, where do you think those chances are for Indy? I think obviously it all comes down to what they're willing to commit to Richardson in terms of his development, right? I think that I would think they're similar to the Jaguars of two years ago in that, in that they're, they're a year away. And because of that, their focus needs to be, you know, let all of this young talent play as much as possible. There are people who will say, Oh, Anthony Richardson, you know, one year of starting experience, he needs to sit and wait behind someone. I, I kind of think the opposite at this point. I think the NFL has proven at this point, let him play. He needs reps. He needs to go out and play football. And so I think this year should be focused on the Colts. So just, just give him as much, as many resources as possible. You're giving him an offense that, that is being brought from, from Philly and what Jalen Hurts was able to do in that offense. Now you've got a guy who athletically is he's even more athletic bigger, bigger arm and in terms of traits compared to Jalen Hurts. You've got Anthony Richardson, a guy that kind of trumps him in all those categories. This should be a perfect offense for him to work. So just focus on developing him, developing that young talent around him. And maybe you do get nine wins out of that. Maybe, maybe it, that would be a pleasant surprise, but I think the focus for the Colts would be more less on expecting that this year and more getting the reps, getting the, the comfort with the new system for the guys that are returning all of that setting up to where you can go into 2024 expecting to be, you know, to be able to make the kind of noise that the Jags did last year. I think that makes more sense to me. You know, let me give you the polar opposite scenario. Let's say the Colts stink. All right. Let's say Anthony Richardson doesn't show many signs of being a true franchise quarterback, even in year one. If the Colts are at the top of the draft, do you think that they'll have to consider if Caleb Williams is right there, if Drake May is right there? Do you see them potentially pulling in an Arizona Cardinals and saying, you know, we took a, a quarterback in the top 10 last year, but we're right here. Like, forget about Josh Rosen. Let's go with Kyler Murray. Do you think Indy would even entertain that scenario if it's presented to them? I mean, you have to think they would, right? Because again, you, the Arizona is the is the example. Um, you know, it, once they did that, I think it, it proved to all of us that it, all bets were off, right? And they didn't just do that. It wasn't even a new regime because sometimes you'll see that, right? If, you know, outgoing GM, they clean house, and somebody new comes in and says, "Hey, I want my quarterback." And Steve Kahn was the 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 quarterback, the, the general manager for both of those teams. So he he came back. He was like, "Hey, I know I just took this guy at ten. Uh, and traded up to do it, by the way, when he took Josh Rosen. But I really want Kyler Murray instead, and they still they still did it. They still kept him on. So, you know, it would be a huge surprise to me. I, I, I mean, if, if Anthony Richardson is as bad uh, as Josh Rosen was in his rookie year, if the, if the Colts are as bad as the Cardinals were that year, that one year under Steve Wilkes, uh, who also got fired after that one season, 
Uh, I think that would just surprise me, man. I really think there's too much talent on Indy's team. And again, in a division that really uh, outside of Jacksonville is kind of up for grabs. So I just, you know, we've had this conversation in nationally in terms of expectations about the Bucks, where I am down here in Tampa, where everybody just thinks, oh, Tom Brady's gone and, and the Bucks are going to be a, a bottom five team in the league. It's, it's as much about the fact that I think Tampa has a lot of talent. And, and again, Indy, I think, does too. Yeah, but it's more about the fact that I think there are way too many other teams who are going to be worse. <laughs> There's so mm. I, I don't see the Colts being bad enough to be in the top three, top four again, which is where, again, you're talking about Caleb Williams from USC. You're talking about Drake May from North Carolina. If you're going to be bad enough to get those guys, again, without trading up, you're going to have to – you're only going to be able to win three or four games, I think, to be – in that conversation, and I, I just don't see the Colts being that bad. I don't see Anthony Richardson being that bad. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with scheme. I think there's going to be a fun offense to watch. Um, he's got some playmakers to work with. Jonathan Taylor, obviously one of the best backs in the league. I don't see them being bad enough to be to, to be in that conversation. Yeah, might not be when it's all said and done. You've got a piece out that just says about the 2024 NFL mock draft. What if Caleb Williams doesn't go number one? So what are a couple of things that you're thinking – of regarding that whole thing? Well, the interesting thing is now is, is most of us who are doing mock drafts this time of year, which again is way early for a lot of people, but it's just, it's fun to have a conversation. It's, we're not trying to get anything right at this point. We're trying to present, Hey, these are the teams we think will do well. The teams we think will struggle. This is what they could probably need. And these are the top prospects at all these different positions to just kind of keep an eye on as you go into the college football season to give you a, a perspective from your team Side, hey, this is kind of a guy I'd like to watch on Saturdays because he might end up on my team next year. That's kind of what we're doing with mock drafts here. And, and we structure them in terms of draft order based on two things usually. We'll use power rankings if we have like some in-house power rankings from our outlets, or we'll use uh, Super Bowl odds, right? We'll invert the Super Bowl odds and we'll start at the bottom. The interesting thing with that is if you do that right now, the, the Arizona Cardinals end up with the top two picks in the draft because most people's Super Bowl odds and power rankings have Arizona at 32 and Houston, who, which I disagree with, I think Houston's not going to be as bad as people think they will either. And Houston at 31. Well, Houston already traded their first-round pick uh, to Arizona. So if that plays out, Arizona would be the first team since 1992 to have the top two picks in the draft. And so if they're bad enough to be that bad and get the, you know, the first two picks in the draft, it, it probably means Kyler Murray's future is a little bit in doubt. So I think that if that's the case, obviously Caleb Williams would be in the conversation for them there. But, but, but what if he's not? What, what, if, what if a team that just picked a, a franchise quarterback, and what if, what if Caleb Williams doesn't you know, take that next step and prove himself to be a, you know, a generational Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence or even you – know, there's, there's so many guys that we've, at this point in the conversation, go back two years ago. It was every mock draft in, at this point in the year was Spencer Rattler at one and oh, Sam man. Howell at number two. You yep. know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. And it's happened since then. So, and again, not to say that Caleb Williams is those guys as a prospect. I think, I think uh, obviously most people don't see him in that, in that range. That I don't feel like he's that generational guy yet. I think he's capable of being that. But I've got to see it consistently this season to be able to believe that. So I, I think it just wouldn't shock me. I've been doing this for a long time, and I promise myself every year I'm not going to be surprised. So if he doesn't go number one for a, vi- a wide variety of reasons, that's why these mock drafts, especially at this point in the year, are so kind of at least fun to do and present to fans because we get locked in these scenarios where, oh, Cardinals have the top two picks. Caleb Williams is definitely going number one. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe 
Maybe the Raiders suck really bad this year. Maybe maybe some other team falls, you know, out of whatever and and really surprises us and ends up at the number one pick. And maybe they just took a quarterback, and maybe that that quarterback wasn't the problem, and he doesn't go number one. There's just so many different scenarios. So that's what we try to present in these mock drafts early on is, is we try not to get pigeonholed, especially this early in the process, with just assuming that whatever happens at number one, it's going to be the same guy. Well, hey, Luke, good stuff, man. We covered a lot. We got ball in there. We got uh, traffic tickets, stern lectures, funnel cake. I-, I think the bingle card is completely covered right now. Yeah, yeah. We're, it was a it was very versatile, versatile uh, segment. We went all the way around, showed the, the full skill set. Hopefully our, our draft stock is headed in the right direction. Brian, I do have one thing here. Yeah, sure. What do you have, Eddie? Luke, which of the alternate uniforms that have been released thus far is your ha. favorite? I mean, that's, I'm so biased on that, dude. I, I grew up in Tampa when they were absolutely <laughs> awful, and I have so many pictures. If you go to my social media, you'll see pictures of me at, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Fan Fest when I was, like, three years old, uh, walking around in, like, a little Leroy Selman, like, jersey. Yeah, that there you go. Little tummy. So I'm, I'm super partial uh, to the creamsicle Bucks uniforms. But I love Seattle. Again, yeah. Love Seattle's. Uh, I would. I wish the Bucks and Seahawks would both wear those alternates against one another because they came into the league together in '76. They were the two uh, expansion franchises. So I. I wish we could see these teams play, but man, the Oilers look so great. The Kelly Green Eagles are going to look so great. There's so many great throwbacks. Um, I'm just glad the league's finally letting teams do this again. It's it's great. All right, Luke. Good stuff, buddy. We'll catch you down the road. Have a good day. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Take care. You too. There he is, Luke Easterling. Athlon Sports.